What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. Today, we are going to talk about the pyramids of the world, because Egypt is not the only place on Earth that has pyramids. So we're going to talk about different theories out there of how these fucking mega structures were built. We also have some kind of good Kabobo news, and we have some devastating Kabobo news. And I'm sure there'll be some side rants here and there. So sit back, get ready for this. So we are going to start at the way the fuck far out there theories about the pyramids. And I'm going to kind of rehash something I've talked about here before, but it is in a classified Soviet document and it is kind of describing what ancient Tibetan manuscripts say about the construction of the pyramids. Then we will bring it back in and get to some more conventional theories. So let's start with some 7,000-year-old wisdom from Tibet. In some of these documents that the Ananarbi had found in Tibet back in the 40s, they basically kind of describe how people, which I guess people is a very loose term because according to the documents, we're talking about Lemurians who were humanoid, but they were hatched. They came from eggs. But anyway, the document states the basis of the construction was based on the principle of, quote, cutting a solid mountain and rock by enriching them with translatunium powder obtained by dissolution of gold at a temperature of 5,500 degrees. These ancient Lemurians then used what this document is calling, quote, weapons of the gods and carried out large-scale melting of gold in the field of construction and extraction megablocks. Thin gold plates were then superimposed on the rock and evaporated by an electric arc for 70 seconds. When the plates flashed with bright light and turned into powder, the stone could be cut super fucking easy. Like, it's not even stone at this point because they say they could mold the rock. Gold, quote, purified by fire as the Aztecs called it, was used in the movement of giant monoblocks and stone platforms. The powder was poured into the slab, then a certain high-frequency sound and vibration was produced, which made it possible to move huge stone platforms through the air. A similar method was used in the construction of the Egyptian pyramids and several other pyramids found throughout the world. According to this document, in 12,386 BC, there was a massive flood. And this is probably the flood that many different civilizations talk about in their oral history, legends, and written history. And, you know, think the Bible, Noah, that kind of shit. So there was a system of pyramids built around the earth, and they were all clearly oriented to the North Pole. So what they're saying are these pyramids do not allow the Earth to overturn its electromagnetic and geographical orbit. Apparently, they're saying the way that these pyramids were built, all of these fucking exact geometric designs served a purpose. And like I was saying earlier, it's not just fucking Egypt. There are pyramids in China. There are pyramids in South America. There are pyramids all the fuck over the Earth. And a lot of scientists today will claim that they don't understand the technology that was used to create these pyramids 
Or there's some other fucking, I don't know, I, I'm pretty sure they're like toeing the line for the archaeology community. But they just basically say millions of slaves moved fucking 500 ton blocks. And yeah, that's totally fucking reasonable. So, but yeah, we'll get to that part in a minute. But for now, we're going to go a little bit deeper into some theories of how these ancient people actually transported these massive stones they used to create the pyramids. Now we are going to go to South America, to Uxmal, which is an ancient Maya city. In this city, there are pyramids there. And scientists do estimate there was about 15,000 people in this city. According to mainstream archaeology, these sites were the capital of a late classic Maya state around 850 to 925 AD. After that, Toltec invaders came by and fucked shit up. But let's go kind of to an origin story that the Maya have about this site. It's pretty fucking interesting. This site is located in Peru, and according to the local Indians there, the complex was built at the beginning of time by the founder god Verosha and his followers, who caused the stones to be carried through the air to the sound of a trumpet. An alternative theme is that they created, quote, heavenly fire that consumed the stones and enabled large blocks to be lifted by hand, kind of like as if they were cork. According to a Mayan legend, the temple complex of Uxmal in the Yucatan Peninsula was built by a race of dwarves who were able to move heavy rocks into place by whistling. So we're kind of getting like a kind of reoccurring theme here. This has to do with sounds, vibrations, and somehow harnessing these vibrations lets these ancient people transport stones that are many tons, just fucking ridiculously heavy, so heavy that even modern equipment would have trouble getting this shit into place. And I'm kind of seeing the connection of what they call the, quote, heavenly fire. Sort of sounds like what I was just talking about with heating up the gold and sending an electrical current through it, which then makes these rocks more malleable and you can basically mold them and they're as light as cork. There's a lot of different reoccurring themes in the ancient traditions and legends of the people that are in the areas these pyramids are located at. Moving over to Easter Island, they have structures there that are as high as a three-story building. Rapa Nui tells how Mari Koha Rongo Rongo, which basically means masters of special knowledge, used mana or mind power to make them, quote, walk or float through the air. Moving on to Greek historians. According to early Greek historians, the walls of the ancient city of Thebes were built by Amphion, who is the son of Jupiter, who moved the large stones to the music of his harp, while his songs drew even more stones and beasts after him. So again, we have this theme of an instrument. Before they were talking about a trumpet, now they are talking about a harp. To give you guys kind of an idea of what current methods would be used to move a huge ass fucking rock, check this shit out, you guys. According to Motor Trend, it took three trucks to move a 340 ton rock 100 miles into the heart of LA. And these are some massive ass trucks. So obviously thousands of years ago, they did not have massive ass trucks to move these types of stones. I'm just totally not buying that, hey, we got a bunch of slaves, let's move fucking tons and tons and tons of rock and then build them on up into a pyramid. 
all with just physical labor. It doesn't fucking make sense. And a little bit more detail from this article on Motor Trend. They stated, quote, to transport the megalith, Emirate International had to load it with straps, chains, and anchors supported by parallel beams that look like the giant arches of a two-lane bridge. To move the trailer, one Kenworth semi-truck was used to pull, with two more Kenworths to push. Each truck has a gigantic diesel engine, with about twice the displacement of a one-ton civilian truck. Those power plants are capable of putting out twice as much torque, too, with impressive numbers that range from just over 1,000 pounds per feet up to nearly 2,000 pounds of feet of twist. So yeah, three massive diesel trucks used to move one fucking stone. Hmm. And if this whole like moving shit and levitating shit with acoustics just sounds too fucking crazy for you, well, don't worry. Your girl here, Athena, found on nature.com a study called Acoustic Levitation with Optimized Reflective Meta Materials. The paper starts off by saying the simplest, most commonly used acoustic levitator is comprised of a transmitter and an opposing reflecting surface. This type of device, however, is only able to levitate objects along one direction at distances multiple of half of a wavelength. This paper also points out that the first recorded levitation of an object with sound was almost a century ago. And the physics behind the levitation and manipulation of objects with acoustic waves has been thoroughly studied. With the exception of a limited number of studies involving chemical analysis, acoustic levitation has been mainly used to observe the dynamics of levitated objects, including small animals. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Whoa, mad scientist, put the fucking small animal down and let's use, I don't know, a fucking fork, a pair of scissors, some shit like that. Why, they, why do these crazy scientists always go, oh, let's try a fucking little animal that levitate? Jesus fucking Christ. Get them a straight jacket. But anyway, let's move on, assholes. This study just goes on to describe the methods they used and distances, weight, stuff like that. I will leave a link to this study in the show notes if you want to check it out. It is pretty fucking interesting. There is another kind of similar interesting study that they did back in 2015, and I'm also finding this on nature.com. The name of the study is Holographic Acoustic Elements for Manipulation of Levitated Objects. And it starts out by saying sound can levitate objects of different size and materials through air, water, and tissue. This allows us to manipulate cells, liquids, compounds, or living things without touching or contaminating them. So it's not a crazy conspiracy theory that acoustic waves can fucking levitate shit. There were even experiments done at the pyramids of Giza and they were basically measuring electromagnetic sounder experiments. This was done in 1974. And I'm just kind of wondering, can we get some like updated, uh, I don't know, measurement instruments and I don't know, updated methods and see what, what else we can fucking do in those great pyramids? There's actually reliefs that depict levitating kings surrounded by priests. The priests would use an instrument called a sistrum, which created high levels of ultrasound for healing and to alter states of consciousness. So there is a lot of different legit studies and experiments done trying to figure out this whole acoustic waves and what the possibilities are. 
Now check this out. In the 1930s, a book titled The Lost Technique, a Swedish engineer details the Tibetan sound levitation he witnessed during a research trip. The description he gives in the middle of the meadow, about 250 meters from the cliff, was a polished slab of rock with a bowl-like cavity in the center. These are basically what are known as acoustic levitation basins, and they're found all over the world. Many, many cultures have told us about this, but modern fucking archaeologists and scientists do not like to even touch that shit with a 10-foot pole. They have found these ancient basins from Ireland to fucking Abu Ghraib. Even during the American conquest from the Spanish, historian Garcilasco de la Vega documented the destruction of giant granite bowls at Inca sites in the Andes that had diameters that basically exceeded the height of two fucking men. His account says, what are these for? What the fuck are these people using this shit for? Concave granite basins were also found in the passage chambers of Noth, Douth, and Newgrange in Ireland. Moving up to kind of more modern times, there is a place called Coral Castle. And according to legend, children saw a man named Leeds Skaldin one night levitate stone slabs floating in the air like hydrogen balloons. Lead Skelnan never directly answered questions about how he made Coral Castle. According to Edward Lead Skelnan, he said, quote, I have discovered the secrets of the pyramids, and I have found out how the Egyptians and the ancient builders in Peru, Yucatan, and Asia, with only primitive tools, raised and set in place blocks of stone, weighing many tons. Lead Skelnan is a Latvian native who moved to the United States and created a place known as Coral Castle. Now, check this out, you guys. The site lies behind massive eight-foot-high coral rock walls, protecting it from the sprawling suburban city of Homestead. The coral walls fit together with amazing accuracy, even though they were constructed without cement. Hmm. These technical accomplishments have astounded and surprised engineers and scientists for decades. This guy barely weighed 100 pounds, okay? And Ed quarried one piece of coral from the earth weighing over 28 tons and then erected it himself. There is a whole ass story behind Coral Castle and maybe one day we will investigate that further because it definitely does qualify as a very fucking interesting story and mystery. It seems kind of strange that work on natural anti-gravity, levitation, that kind of shit, seems to be suppressed. And it makes you kind of wonder why. Why haven't scientists, engineers, who the fuck ever, priests, explored this acoustic levitation shit a little bit further? I mean, come on, this has been 100 years that we know this is possible, but it seems like we're just like not getting to like the meat of the issue. I mean, if these motherfuckers thousands of years ago could levitate stones that are tons, hundreds of tons heavy, but you know, scientists now are still very, seem to be somewhat in the elementary stage of understanding acoustic levitation. I'm sure there's information out there somewhere. I know the Vatican like to go around and steal fucking history from different civilizations and then hoard it in their little fucking Vatican cellar of secrets. So I'm sure there's some good information there, but it'll probably never see the light of day. It really has to make you wonder why. Why hide this information and technology? 
Moving on to what I guess fucking academia or the mainstream narrative for the uh, construction of the pyramids is. But honestly, there isn't one consensus on the answer of how these pyramids were made. The most widely accepted theory for raising the blocks used to build the pyramids is ramps. There isn't really any consensus for what the layout of these ramps were, but there have been archaeological finds that have different types of ramps, and this is at multiple sites. So this is probably where they're getting the idea that these fucking multi-ton stones were somehow transported across ramps and up into the pyramid. Hmm. And there actually have been blocks found with text written on them. And the text basically describes dragging these stones onto ramps. So a lot of people are like, okay, the Egyptians are fucking telling us right here. They drug these big ass stones on ramps. As far as if we will ever find out exactly how these ancient civilizations created the pyramids that still are around to this day, I don't know. Maybe someone does already know and they don't want that information to get out. Maybe they were made by fucking ramps and not acoustic sound waves. I mean, anything is truly possible in the clown world we are living in, so I wouldn't put it past the powers that be to hide ancient technology and techniques. And 100% all the stuff I just told you guys about, I barely scratched the surface on how deep these rabbit holes go. Check out some ancient fucking legends from civilizations that have been lost to time. Uh, check out some fucking ancient Egyptian books. Manly P. Hall is a good place to start. He has one called Freemasonry of the Ancient Egyptians and another called The Soul in Egyptian Metaphysics and The Book of the Dead. It's really fucking interesting reads. And Manly P. Hall is a whole ass another rabbit hole that one day I definitely want to explore a bit further with you guys, but that's going to take some time. So until then, check that shit out. Go down the rabbit hole and see what kind of information you can find. In the beginning of this episode, I was telling you guys about the classified Soviet document that describes what the NNRB had found during the whole fucking Nazi occupation, basically, of the world. I do have that document, so if you want it, hit me up at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com, and I will send it your way. It's change of subject time. I recently saw an article the other day, and I was just like, fucking motherfuckers. The twats that started this whole kabobo jab thing, they literally need to be strung up by their fucking necks until dead. 11 children, ages 9 to 19, had a cardiac arrest at schools in the U.S. in the past month. Now schools are starting to conduct, quote, sudden cardiac arrest screening. Motherfucker, why don't we round up these twats that sacrificed all of these children, all of these adults, all of these people across the world for money? Let's round these motherfuckers up and hold them accountable. So those deaths, you guys, were just in the last 30 days, and that's just in the United States. One in 30 children may now have subclinical myocarditis from the Kabobo mRNA jab. A study in Thailand in 2022 studied 202 boys aged 13 to 18 from two different schools. Seven of them developed subclinical myocarditis after the second Pfizer jab. That's one in 30 per Pfizer dose. A Swiss study in 2023, 777 healthcare workers had Moderna COVID-19 jab. They also decided to get the booster. 
22 had evidence of myocardial injury. That's one in 35 per Moderna dose. A lot of different doctors and health experts are saying that parents should get their COVID-19 mRNA vaccinated children out of all sports until they can have a thorough cardiac screening done. I just wonder how many parents will fucking listen to that. How many parents will even hear this information? It's still not like common knowledge that these shots are fucking killing everyone. Although it should be. I think I told you guys last week or the week before, my work is no longer offering COVID shots for our customers. They literally had me ship that shit back. They're like, don't worry about packing it with ice. Ship it back. This is now discontinued. So slowly but surely, the word is starting to leak out to people. Even the normies are maybe like, you know, hearing whispers of it here and there. And hopefully they'll fucking open their eyes. I mean, I think I think we are headed in that direction because check this out. According to the CDC, there is the highest childhood vaccination exemption rate ever in the United States. 40 states saw rises in parents citing religious or other personal concerns for not vaccinating their young children. So, like I said, maybe the word is leaking out to the normies. Maybe they fucking started paying attention when people started dropping dead from this fucking shot. Maybe they heard about the excess death rate that's going on all over the fucking world where these shots were forced upon people. I don't know how they're hearing about it. I don't know where that's going to lead, but it's a very encouraging sign to see that a lot of parents now are fucking doing their own research and finding out vaccination in children is not always the best course of action. Now we have to talk about the Petrolona man. A 700,000 year old human skull was discovered in Greece and it's completely smashing the quote out of Africa theory. You know, like humans traveled out of Africa, started in Africa and traveled out. This skull is saying, fuck all y'all archeologists idea about that because this is not the true story. Hmm. In 1959, the Petrolona cave was discovered in Greece. Fast forward to 1974, and a group of Greek scientists decided to go in and explore that cave and dig underneath it. These scientists actually discovered a nearly complete human skull. A carving dating process basically dates this shit to 700,000 years ago. Research published in the United States in 1971 in the prestigious archaeology magazine backed up the findings that the school was indeed 700,000 years old. Further research in the cave discovered isolated teeth and two prehuman skeletons dating back to 800,000 years old. There was also other fossils of various species found in there. Before this skull, fucking scientists thought that Homo erectus and Homo habilis only wandered into Europe around 500,000 years ago. So what this skull is suggesting is that our ancestors ventured out of Africa or fuck, maybe they weren't even there hundreds of thousands of years prior to what mainstream archaeology likes to push on the people. Apparently, the condition of the skull was fucking magnificent. Scientists say the features of the skull are somewhat of a blend of Homo erectus and Homo neanderthalensis. So basically, some of the scientists are saying this is an ancestor of Neanderthals, while others say is from a completely different era, completely different species. We don't really fucking know. I think that's the goddamn answer. I think this skull in particular just kind of hammers home the point that our history is A, evolving all the time, B, 
be. I think it's fucking hidden at some points and some information is definitely buried because archaeologists don't want to get blackballed and lose their fucking funding. And see, I don't think humans really truly know. I mean, the majority of humans, there might be those fucking assholes like I was saying earlier, the Vatican motherfuckers that are like hoarding a bunch of human history. They might know about this shit. But there is just so much out there that I don't think archaeology can say for sure where humans came from, when humans came from. They like to push certain ideas and narratives, but if you dig a little bit deeper beyond the surface, there is a lot of evidence to show that we don't know what the fuck went on with the evolution of humans. There could be a fucking civilization from 30,000 years ago that was so advanced, but for whatever reason disappeared, and over time, their shit got destroyed. So there just isn't evidence of it now, or we haven't even discovered the evidence. Maybe there is. Who knows? So just keep a fucking open mind when you hear narratives, when you hear fucking mysteries, or when you hear conspiracy theories. Because a lot of the time, the truth is evolving just as much as our understanding of our history. Moving on to some fucking disgusting news. I mean, it's kind of good because these fucks got busted. But check this out. Suspected leaders of a high-end sex ring built on secrecy and exclusivity that serve elected officials and tech executives have been charged. So apparently these fucks were running this sex ring in Massachusetts and Eastern Virginia that catered to well-connected clients such as elected officials, military officers, and different tech executives. And this is according to federal prosecutors. The women that were featured on their website falsely claimed to advertise nude Asian models for professional photography in high-end apartments with monthly rents as high as $3,600. These were fucking used as brothels, you guys. Authorities have not named the people believed to have bought services through the ring. Shocker. And none of them have actually been charged. But acting Massachusetts U.S. Attorney Josh Levy stressed that the investigation is in its early stages and said that prosecutors are committed to holding accountable both those who ran the scheme and those who feel the demand for this ring. Huh. I wonder, I wonder why the prosecutors in the Jeffrey Epstein and Jizz Lane case, why aren't, why aren't they going after those motherfuckers? Hmm. So apparently Hannah Lee, 41, of Cambridge, Massachusetts, James Lee, 68, of Torrance, California, and Jimmy Young Lee, 30, of Dedham, Massachusetts, have been charged in the case with conspiracy to coerce and entice others to travel to exchange in illegal sexual activity. The authorities said they used surveillance and phone records to identify the sex buyers and interviewed about 20 of them during the investigation. And that is according to court documents. One buyer told the investigators he was directed via text message to an apartment and provided a menu of women, services, and the hourly rate. Levy said the men became pre-cleared for sex services in a process similar to a TSA pre-check. Get the fuck out of here. So as far as if they're going to like name drop these disgusting clients that were military officers, elected officials, and tech executives... I wouldn't fucking hold your breath. These motherfuckers are always protected and they'll fucking like censure the names. Even if you do a FOIA request on it, their names will be blacked out. 
for some reason, we, we don't want to bust these fucking rich assholes that want to fucking buy women or buy children, buy sex services with people that are clearly fucking sex trafficked. They don't give a fuck. They're like, it's totally worth getting my dick wet. I don't care. Who cares if this is fucking torture to this human that I'm now going to have sex with? It's fucking mind blowing. But keep your eyes open for that story. I am very curious to see if they will name drop any of these customers Cause these all these motherfuckers need to be held accountable. But if we go like, you know, look at the Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself case, not one of the customers have been arrested, charged, nothing like that. So like I said, I'm not holding my breath that they're going to fucking actually charge any of the customers, but they 100% should, especially these elected officials and military officials. Like, get the fuck out of here. These are the people that are like, quote unquote, leading our nation. Fucking degenerates. Get them the fuck out of here. Just so you get like a full picture, there were government contractors, professors, military officers, executives at pharmaceutical companies, and tech companies. These are the pieces of shit that have been basically identified through this investigation. So keep your eyes open. Maybe, hopefully, I doubt it, but maybe they'll fucking name drop these fuckers and get them charged. All right, you guys, that's about it for this week. Before I get out of here, I've got to say what's up to our top three downloading states, which are California, Washington, and New York. That's what's up, you guys. Thank you so much for listening and checking out the podcast each week. Hit me up on my Reddit sub at r slash vanished in the valley. As far as our international downloaders, we have Hong Kong still in first. Canada, the UK, and Australia. That's what's up, international peeps. I'm happy you found me. I don't know how you fucking did, but I absolutely appreciate you guys coming here each week and checking out the episodes. So until next week, be aware. And don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.